everybody, just real quick before we get started, I wanted to apologize. The microphone setting for this episode was accidentally inputted to my camera uh, mic instead of my microphone mic. Um, the the uh, website that I use, StreamYard, has done this to me a couple times. I usually catch it, but I did not this time. So I will sound uh, a little more tinny and, and soft compared to how I usually sound. So again, I apologize. However, uh, we have an incredible interview today. And I hope that it does not just detract from our guest phenomenal message. I hope you enjoy the podcast. Thank you. From gang member in East LA to warlock to dying and witnessing the brutality and realness of hell. Listen to our guest's incredible testimony, both of hell and a glimpse of heaven on this week's Spirit Answers podcast. All right. Well, I am so thankful to have evangelist Mario Martinez with us on the podcast today. Mario, thank you so much for joining us. Well, thank you, Brother Alex, for inviting me into your podcast today. Oh, it's, it's totally my my honor. Uh, you you have an absolutely uh, incredible testimony. You've had the experience uh, or the opportunity, I should say, to both go to heaven and hell. Um, and uh, we're definitely going to dive into into both of those experiences. But I want to make sure before we get to that, that people have a good understanding of, of who you were before you had these experiences. So can you kind of uh, give us just a brief understanding of, of who you were before you, uh, and we'll start off with the hell experience, before you had that experience in hell and also kind of what your spiritual life was like leading up to that event? Amen, brother. Amen. Well, yeah, you know, I was raised and born in California, up in East LA, um, which basically is the hood, and, you know, we kind of we're raised kind of in poverty you know my dad was an alcoholic and well my mom was a mom you know so always faithful to my dad and try to take care of us as much as she can so long story short um, as I can remember I was about five years old when we moved into this area um, you know we're we grew up around with a lot of uh, uh, black uh, Africans African Americans and more Hispanics together um, you know a lot of gang members you know I didn't know nothing about it because I was still young uh, but in time and time, you know, I had I grew up as a um, with an alcoholic dad that used to beat me all the time. It, you know, I have a brother and a sister. I'm the oldest. But for one reason, he was always, you know, he would always attack me. He was always attacking me. In other words, we all know this, that, you know, who's the black sheep of the family? Um, <clears throat> so I guess I was. Um, so, yeah, I grew up, you know, pretty much my dad being very violent and abusive as, you know, when he when he would drink, when he would drink. Uh, and he would always come at me and just beat me for no reason. And, um, you know, he'll grab a stick, a wire, whatever landed in his hands, he would beat me. He would lay me on the couch and fist hit me in my face. Like I was just somebody wow. in the streets, you know. Um, you know, other than that, time and time, you know, years go by. And um, I was about 10 years old and, you know, um, that's when my dad really started uh, getting more more violent with me. You know, he really started throwing me out of the house. You know, um, he put a he shot me in my in my leg in my right leg with his rifle. He almost cut my head off with a machete. Wow. Um, so he basically threw me out at the age of ten, and um, basically I learned I I had to learn how to survive 
in the street. You know, I couldn't come in the house. My mom would try to bring me uh, a dinner plate here once in a while, come down, you know, bring it down downstairs to me. And my dad would always catch her and he would beat her and, you know, try to stop her from feeding me. So, you know, I, I had to learn how to, how to um, take care of myself. And the only thing that crossed my mind was, you know, there was a gang out there and, you know, well, hey, I don't know how to survive, so I guess I better learn the gang, you know, join the gang. And from their point on, I learned how to steal cars, how to sell drugs, how to make money. Um, so that's where I was at, you know. At the age of 10, I wound up being in juvenile hall, which is uh, it's a jail for for the for the juvie, for the young kids. I did six months, and from there on, I, I you know, I learned to fight. I learned how to bro with the with the crowd in there. Um, so basically half of my life, I, I was in and out from juvenile hall, then county jail, from county jail, then I went to prison. You know, I did 10 years, but they gave me seven years out of that. And that was because I was involved with the gang now. And, you know, we would go and do drive-bys and, and fight against each other, you know. And it was a very rough life, a little tough life for me because, you know, not only that, you know, I back up a little bit as being a kid, you know, um, I was also molested as a kid. You know, um, so there was a lot of things in my life that, you know, I was hating myself for this and I was so shameful. I couldn't talk about it to anybody because I, I felt as it is, I already had rejection in my life. And, and you know, I didn't want no more rejection. I wanted to fit in the crowd. So, you know, I would just kind of be quiet and, and more anger, more, 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 more hate in me because of everything that happened to me in my, in my past and in my life. So I became this monster in my heart. You know, but now I was hurting people. Now I was robbing people. Now I didn't care about life. I didn't care about dying. You know, I, I tried to commit suicide. I tried to hang myself. I tried to jump jump off my my my, my building from over there. It was like four stories for uh, four four floors. Uh, it was pretty high. So yeah, it would probably would have taken me out if I wanted to jump. But you know, thank God for this man on the sun. He just popped out of nowhere and grabbed me by the neck and yanked me down from the roof. So uh, things like that, you know, I, I, I was very hurt. And um, so in time and time, as I was walking and doing my thing, my destruct, destruction in the world, you know, I, I came across and they introduced me to witchcraft. Um, and um, this is where, where I decided, you know, I had people come to me, though. I had people come to me and introduce me to Jesus and Pastor Ronnie and Donnie, they would tell me, look, hey, Jesus loves you. They opened the Bible and, man, you know, get away with me. You know, get away. Get... I don't want to hear anything about Jesus. And I would tell them, there was a Jesus. Why, you know, why why, why does he allow everything I'm going through? Why does he save us? Why, where is he? You know, and I had so much hate that, oh, man, I, 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 would, I, would, I, would talk, I would talk like this. If I had a gun and I can read Jesus' heart, I would shoot him from here. That's the way I would talk because all the anger and hate that I had in me, you know. Um, but there was something, something about, you know, in, in the Bible, in, in Jeremiah chapter one, verse four, uh, chapter one, verse four speaks that God has called us before placing us in our mother's womb and out of our mother's womb. So I remember that that chapter real clearly. Um, and when I started getting myself deeper into trouble, and when I started getting myself into witchcraft, see, the Lord only allowed in me so much to go into these areas because I was training to be a warlock. Um, but meanwhile, before I got to that point, 
there was a voice with me all the time, a voice that would talk to me, not, not, not to do this, not to do that, not to go into this area because, you know, for some reason, I don't know what was going to happen if I walked through that alley, a clearly heavy voice that said, don't go in there. And it really, it would really scare my whole, my whole spirit. My, you know, I was drunk, I was high, but man, I didn't, I never heard anything like that before. So I was like, that's got to be something different. And I have to, and I felt that I had to listen to that voice because basically I was going down this alley. It was about three in the morning and, you know, um, it took me out of that alley, you know, don't go in there. And when I went around coming back down the hill, there was somebody already, the, the ambulance and cops were there in that, that same alley I was going to walk. There was somebody in the floor there shot and stabbed. Wow. So, you know, God, God, basically, he guided me through everything. Romans 5 says God still loves us, even though we're, we're still sinners. So, um, you know, everything that I went through, I, I, like I said, I was going, I was, I was training to be a warlock, you know, and, and I'm going to tell you, I'm not glorifying the enemy because God is all power. We glorify Jesus because he's the only one King of King and Lord of Lords. But, you know, um, I, I the enemy started introducing me to his power. You know, um, there was some times that I had no money, no no dope, no, um, I was lonely. And I would literally ask, and I would literally go to the cemetery and do my my, my witchcraft and, and build the satanic circle. And, and literally there was a demon that would pop out of this middle of this little circle and would talk to me and let me know what the enemy was getting, getting ready to grant me if I do so-so sacrifices for him. Wow. And when I, when, when I would do the sacrifices, you know, there was demons that were guiding me that would go before me and I would see them. And I'm like, okay, I need money, I need drugs, I need women. And let me tell you, these demons, I can see these demons kind of go ahead of me and they will point to places, like little tunnels under the stairs. And when I stick my hand under there, I will pull out a lot of dope, a lot of cocaine. They, they pointed out under a, a muffler of a big truck. And I went, I stuck my hand in there. It was a big whop of money. Almost $3,500. Wow. And actually, you know, I grab that. I'm, I'm, I'm already happy. I'm walking. And next thing you know, there's, there comes a woman from a distance. You know, so everything that I ask, yeah, the enemy will give it to you right there. But why? Because he knows that he's got your soul. He knows he's going to torment you in, in hell. But, um, and that's when, um, <clears throat> And that's when I started getting more deeper into 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 witchcraft and, and doing the sacrifices and, and you know with blood and and I would write on the wall the, the pentagram. I would cut myself and with my blood I would make that pentagram on the walls and I would curse it that whoever passes through this pentagram, I was claiming death over them. And basically there would be people dying in that one corner block where where I kind of put the, the pentagram. You know, because that was the that was our our job for the enemy. You know, God is good; He loves us so much. And but um, I'm not here to glorify the enemy. I'm just here, and, and and I want people to know the truth of this: that there is a heaven and there's a hell. Because a lot of people these days don't believe that there's a hell because they're not preaching that anymore. Right. But, um, other than that, you know, um, as far as the uh, the me training to be the warlock. Um, there was a time, a Friday that came, um, and I was at home 
And, you know, every Friday, everybody's getting ready to go out and go party and go do the things. And, you know, I was just laying there in, in the couch. I mean, I was getting ready. Here comes my friends banging the door, asking me, let's go. Hey, I know you're in there. Let's, let's party. Come on, let's go. But some reason that night, I just didn't feel like opening the door. I mean, something, some like the atmosphere changed on me and it got so heavy over me. I know. Um, so it was very overwhelming and fear, a fear came over me like, you know, I didn't, I never felt before. Um, but um, they came banging on the door and I was about to get up and go answer the door. And a voice spoke to me and said, if you open that door and you walk out that door today, it'll be your last time walking out that door. You're not coming back. So I just stood silent and I let them knock and knock until they got tired. So I just kind of laid there on the couch and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to get this. I'm trying to suck everything in. What's going on? Why, why, you know, what, what, why, why am I feeling this way? You know, because during my walk in the world, I didn't care. I didn't care about dying because I was trying to commit suicide. I wasn't scared of death because I didn't know about heaven. I didn't know about hell. I, I heard the words Jesus, but I just didn't have a relationship with God. And so these these heaven and hell experiences, this wasn't something that you were familiar with really at this point. Yeah, I was not familiar at all, anything. And, you know, I didn't have Jesus in my heart. I heard about Jesus, but, okay, to me it wasn't real because of everything I was going through. Wow. So at this point, you had you didn't really have much of an understanding of, of heaven and hell, but you had just enough understanding to realize that there was more to life than than just this physical realm. You you understood there was a spiritual component to life. Well, there there was yes, there was, and, and also because there was a, um, there was more of a not an out of body experience, but more in the spirit to see demons around me. So I knew there was something else beyond afterlife. I just couldn't understand it. And, you know, some sometimes some of us get involved with things that we don't even realize what we're getting involved. You know, horoscopes, uh, 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 calling psychics and tennis cards. And see, that's already witchcraft. When we're reading and we're getting into those things, that's already witchcraft. And, you know, people want to, you know, they, they, push, they push prophets away and the people of God. When God wants to come in and speak to you with the truth, but they can go ahead and believe and call a psychic line. And believe the false witness, you know, what they speak, what these psychics speak over them, which is basically all lies because they're just robbing you of your money, you know, but all that that they open up is it's witchcraft already. That's why a psychic, when you call a psychic, they ask you first, do you believe? When you say yes, you already open that, you yourself open that, that, that us ourselves, we, we open that witchcraft door. And that's why pro prophecy is not for everybody because everybody doesn't believe in it. Yeah, and, and uh, I know I can certainly relate to to what you said as as in in regards to the uh, you know getting into witchcraft and those types of things and psychics and and uh, you know a lot of those new age modalities and and you get into it like you said without even understanding where it's all coming from I think you just get so sidetracked by the awe that there is something more to life than just the physical that you don't even think about like you were saying heaven or hell or or the enemy or, or Jesus you're just so enamored with what you're getting. Uh, you know, these different things that the enemy is providing you that you're not taking the time to really stop and, and think about what it all means. Right, right. So the thing to that, you know, um, you know, it doesn't mean that God doesn't answer our prayers. 
he answers your prayers as soon as we talk to him, you know, but he doesn't release it because he has better than what you're asking because what you're asking for him is it's a little tiny house, it's a little tiny car, it's a little bit of chunk chunk change in your bank. See, God's got greater for you. He wants to release the abundance into your life. Okay? and But when the enemy, you ask the enemy something, it gives it to you right there, right away, because he knows that if he can if he can satisfy you and make you happy for what he gives you right in the spot, he's got your soul. And you know what? One soul is worth 100,000 souls to the Lord. That's why it's our job to get out there and, and, and let people know about Jesus and, and lead them to the cross because we don't want that blood in our hands. Because the day we die and we praise God, God says, what did you do for my glory? What it says in the word? You know, you prophesy, you cast out devils, you heal the sick and the broken, but get away from me, you inquit, I do not know you. What did we do for our glory? Because without faith is dead. Uh, faith without work is dead. It, 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 what you said also makes me think too, like, it, it'd be like if somebody is released to the enemy, if, if they came up and they gave you a thousand dollars and maybe you were trying to apply for a job and kept trying to apply for a job, you weren't getting it. Somebody gave you a thousand dollars and he said, you know what, that's good. I, I, I you know, I don't have a lot of money right now. I'm going to take this thousand dollars and be good. But God has something much bigger planned for you. If you decide to, you know, decline that thousand, keep going on the, on the path that he has set out for you, eventually get the job that he had, that he has laid out for you. Um, I think the enemy is always trying to sidetrack us and, and get us caught up in, in this moment, whatever it is right now that he can give us. So that way we're, we're not uh, pursuing the plan that God has for us, which is in the end is going to glorify him. And I think bring a lot more joy to us as a result of that. Amen. Amen. And that's a good point, brother, because it's true. See, we're so desperate to get a job because we're already getting to a point where we're going to get kicked out or our lights are going to be off and we ain't got no food and we ain't got no money to provide for our family. But see, this is where we have to be walking in the spirit and not the flesh and, and discern things that when, because let me tell you something, even the devil opened doors. Okay. Even Satan opens doors that look so good and so tasty to us that when we jump into it, yes, amen, I got blessed with a good job, good paying job, money to Friday, blah, 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 blah. Next thing you know, down the line, down a couple more months in there, they're like, man, I, I can't stand this job. It's like a hell in here. See, because we jump, we're so quickly to jump into things, thinking is God, because in the Bible it says the angel will appear, the devil will appear himself as a beautiful angel too, of light. So we have to discern the doors, you know, God, God, when you, when God opens a door, you'll know when the doors open, because as for me, when God has opened doors for me, spiritually, I can literally hear the doors and it's a big, and I can, God always shows me visions of these doors, big, beautiful white doors that when they open, I can literally hear the, wow. the wind of the Holy Spirit. And when you walk in there, this, the, the, Actually, the, the wind of this door actually passes through you. And such an amazing peace and joy comes over you. So that's when you know those doors are from the Lord. Incredible. Um, okay, yeah, so we're in, as, as it relates to your story then, uh, kind of what, what happens next? You said you were you heard that voice that night that said that if you were to go out, you probably wouldn't make it back. So, so kind of pick it. Pick up from there. What happens next? Well, after when 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 that voice spoke to me, if I go out, that'll be my last day, and it really brought fear to my to me. You know, it it just 
I said, you know what? I didn't say anything. I just stood quiet. I, I removed my hand out of the door, the doorknob, and I went to go sit in the couch. I sat there for a few minutes, and I was just kind of trying to soak everything in, thinking. So I finally just kind of laid there. I laid in the couch on my back. I, I closed my eyes. I mean, I know I didn't fall asleep, but I know God put me to sleep right away. And I don't know how long I, I was laying there when I closed my eyes, because next thing you know, what I remember is when I closed my eyes, automatically, I opened my eyes again really quick. And when I opened my eyes, my soul was already stuck in the ceiling. And, and, and I can see my face was, was against the, the ceiling. And, and it, I'm just kind of smashed against the ceiling. So I'm looking down with the side of my eye, and I can see my body laying there. So now I'm starting to wonder, what the, what is going on here? You know, why, how come I can see my body? So I'm trying to kind of push myself down from the ceiling. And it's almost like a, a balloon filled with healing. You let it go and it bounces up and down. So when I push my my body down, well, I guess my spirit, because at the time I didn't know what, what was going on. If it was my body or my spirit, I pushed myself down. And I kept bouncing back up and bouncing up and down in the ceiling. So now I'm just kind of, okay, what's really going on? So now I'm starting to move, starting to spin little by little, little by little. So there's nothing in the ceiling. I'm trying to hold on and grab onto something to stop, stop me from spinning. And it's going faster and it's going faster and it's going faster and really, really quick. And then suddenly I hear a lot of demons laughing at me. Demons just laughing, a real wicked laugh. And as I'm going fast, faster and faster, I don't know if you ever seen any movies you know, that has the time machine, like back in the future, you could hear that. Yeah. Well, that's what I heard, you know, and it suddenly just went. And then I caught myself in, in this place. And I know I couldn't really see anything, but I know everything was so pitch black, black. I couldn't even see my hands in front of me. So this, and suddenly this light just lit up from behind me that allowed me to see in front of me, but I couldn't turn around. When this light lit up, I can see a lot of burnt trees, a lot of, I mean, the air in there was so dry. It was so like, I mean, it was suffocate you. I couldn't really breathe. Um, I was, there was a lot of sand, like dirt, but it was very ashy gray, like almost like a, an ashtray. With, when you turn off the cigarette and you get all that ashes and, it was really, really, really dark and gray. So, and then suddenly I, I look forward and I see this big black tunnel. And I can hear the black, I can hear the tunnel just spinning, but I can hear it real mean, like mean, the way it was just, you know, like it was just talking to you. Um, so, I'm looking at this tunnel and it looked really slimy from the inside too. Real slimy, real black. I mean, a black, black that you think this is black. No, that was black. That, that tunnel was black. So I'm moving forward towards this tunnel. As I'm going forward, something caught my attention. I'm like, I come out and feel my, my legs moving. So as I'm, as I look down, my legs are, put to, they're together, but they have a big, they have big uh, um, chains and they have these big chains and balls. Like back in the day, they had these, uh, the chains with the big heavy ball. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's what I had on my legs and my, my arms were kind of stretched out and I can feel the shackles. I had shackles with big chains and balls on them. 
And so you still at this point, it was like you still had a body like before you had the experience, your body was still there. It wasn't like you were a, a spirit. Well, see, it was it was my body. It was like my body. But the difference of this that I realized that it was probably my soul after this, because when the body, when the spirit leaves, the, the spirit leaves your body, everything becomes crystal clear. You can see clearly. I mean, clear. You can hear everything. I could. I could also. I, I was able to hear the neighbors. I can hear everybody screaming and, and arguing and whatever was going on. I can hear everything around me. And wow. you, can, in the spirit, you can see as far as you can see. You can see. I, I was able to see through the walls. I could be able to see. You know, just it, it's a whole different. So I knew that it was not my body. I knew that. Okay, wait a minute. I'm out of my body within myself. You know, it, it was the difference. And you'll know the difference when you're out of your body because everything becomes so so crystal uh, clear and, and, and the hear, your hearing and, and your eyes. And, I mean, it, it, it's just, you know. So as I'm, as I'm going forward towards this tunnel, five demons appeared to me. There was two in the front, two in the side, and one behind me. And these demons were really huge. I mean, they were about nine, ten feet high. And some of them had different kind of uh, faces. Some looked like rats, like bats. Um, some of them had like real long nose. Uh, some of them had real big claws. Their body was kind of shaped different. Some of them had like half of half of the body looked like like a bat, and the other ones like the leg was a, a another a leg of a goat, a leg of chicken. I mean, it was just different. But the thing about it is that their eyes is what caught my attention. Their eyes were so lit up, green, red, yellow. I think those were the three colors. But they were very wicked, wicked, evil um, eyes. And the light was re really, really wicked that was coming out of the, their eyes. So I'm moving forward. I can't move. Now I'm starting to fear. Now I'm starting to be scared. And, and I look at these demons and I'm like, where am I? I said, where am I? And they didn't, they didn't respond to me. And they were, they were covered in black. And they kept laughing at me. They just kept laughing. This is all I can hear. I'm like, where am I? And they wouldn't respond. I, I, I just kept floating forward this, towards this tunnel. Next thing you know, I don't see the demons no more, but I see a little light at the end of this tunnel. So now I'm coming into the tunnel, but I see a light at the end of the tunnel. So in, within me, I'm like, oh, cool. As soon as I get to that end of that tunnel, I'm safe. I'm good. I'm good. So now I'm, I'm starting to calm down a little, but I'm going through this tunnel, though. And I can hear the tunnel. And as I get in, in, in the middle of this tunnel, this terrible smell starts to come out of the tunnel. I mean, terrible smell. I mean, it's a smell. I don't know if you ever heard of you, if you're locked up in a room with such a terrible smell that you know i wanted to die in other words i wanted to die that's how bad that smell was but i couldn't because i, I was already out of my body it was my spirit so it kind of passed as i'm going forward towards this tunnel finally i get to the end of this tunnel but the light disappeared i didn't see the light it, it was just gone and next thing you know i'm like okay it's over and next thing you know, this the, the, this fire just comes out of nowhere in front of me. Real, real. I mean, this fire just shot up from the ground up. 
I can feel the heat in my face and I'm screaming. I'm screaming. I'm trying to get away from it, but I can't move. So when the fire <clears throat> it shoots up, it was like a wall of fire. And then it came together and it opened up. Like, a, you know, in the morning we open up the curtains. Yeah. It opened up. As soon as that fire opened up, a voice says, walk, walk in there. Walk, walk. So I moved forward. And as soon as I moved over this, this fire, that's when I came into this other side. And this is where I seen, I was, it was, um, as soon as I crossed this fire, on a sudden I see demons running all over the place. I hear people screaming, shouting, and I see a lot of people screaming, Jesus, Jesus, please. I'm ready, I'm ready to repent, please. Get me out of here. And I see a dirt road in front of me, blacker than black. And it, it went as far as I can see it. And I'm going and I, and I see uh, these demons grabbing women, these demons grabbing men. And, and what's so funny, you know, in the Bible it says, you won't understand it now, but later you will. And then I'll, I'll get, I'll, I'll put my point about that one. Um, I'll explain what I'm trying to say about that one. Um, so then inside of me, there was a big, there were rivers of fire, a lot of rivers. And I can see these puny little eyes coming up and down of the, out of the fire, like little skeletons. I can see their little hands. You can see that they were in agony. They were being tormented. They were, they were, they were in pain. And you can see also maggots eating, eating the people's flesh. See? What happens is that the body, the soul burns. It burns, it burns, it burns. It's almost like if your 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 natural body's in hell. So it's burning your body, your, your spirit is burning, your flesh is burning. You can literally hear the, the, the flesh hitting the ground. Chunks as it's burning, but they're 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 screaming. I mean, they're in agony, okay? And you can literally see maggots eating their flesh as well. And what happens is that when you're 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 your your flesh is burnt and then your 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 skeleton is nice and gray and toasty and burnt your skin grows back again and it starts all over with the flames so now the people that i saw in hell was different people okay and and i get this a lot and i and 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 i and i'm glad to explain this again a lot of people say there's no hell right now what kind of god do you serve that they're in hell, that he throws us in hell. Well, let me tell you something. What kind of God we serve? We serve a loving, awesome God that loves us with all, with everything, with that he gives us mercy and chance after chance after chance. But in the word of God, in God himself, when he brings his prophets, when he brings his people, when he brings his evangelists, when he brings his pastors to warn the people, look, God loves you. And the word is in the word of God it says, we cannot serve two masters. So Basically, God doesn't throw us in hell. We send ourselves there for the disobedient. And people need to stop using the excuse of, no, you ain't nobody to judge me. In other words, let me help you there and read between the light on that one. When people say, you ain't nobody to judge me, it's because, well, leave me alone. I'm comfortable in my sin. 
Well, I'd rather be judged by somebody that God sends in the world because blessing be him who got correct, then the day we really got to face God and be judged because from that point on, we have no way out. There's no more forgiveness because we had our chance on the earth. So all these people were burning in there. And like I say, yes, Christians, that they say Christians, they were Christians. But what kind of Christians are they now? The what's, what is a Christian now? You know, there's drunk Christians, fornication, fornicators, adulterers, liars, abomination. I mean, what kind of Christians are we that we say we're Christian? Are we really saved? So the Christians that I saw hanging on the cross was the ones who were in adultery, fornication, the ones that couldn't stop masturbating, the ones that couldn't stop watching pornography, the ones that kept doing whatever they want in life, thinking that's because we're human. God would understand. Yes, God understands that we're human, but God also wants us to cling ourselves pure and be holy for his glory. Not perfect, but holy for his glory, or we can go ahead and do the works of the kingdom and get to heaven. See, that's so all these Christians that were hanging on the cross because they said they were Christians on the earth and because they were, they were trapped and, 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 and they were arrested by the enemy, their soul, by the, the the sin that they were they were in, just like in prison, up here people go to prison for different reasons, but we have to pay our time for our crime for what you committed on the earth. You're going to pay for it in prison. So in hell, whatever sin you die here in the earth, it's what you're going to be paying in there forever. That's your crime. That's what you'll be paying for. But you'll be paying for it in sin, in hell. So these demons had these big spears. And they were poking the people, women and men, poking them in, in their private parts, really just day and night, day and night, and poking their hearts, poking their body. They had these, they had these big, uh, I seen these, these real huge, like worms. They were like, they look like worms, and they had these spikes on them. And what they do is that they were going in the women's private parts and come up through their mouth. And stop there and then reverse themselves with the spikes that they had. So as they're reversing themselves, the spike is dissolving and breaking everything down, starting from the mouth all the way down in the body. And they come right back out of the private parts and tear everything up from the inside. Wow. But at the same time, they're burning. They're in fire. They're, they're being tormented. Because and the words that came to me was like, I warn my people. I warn my people but they refuse to listen. And, and the word of God says, there should not be no more tears in heaven. Whose tears are those? Those are God's tears because he already set judgment. He already separated the sheep from the goats. So who are we? Are we the ones that he separated the sheep or are we the goats? Where are we really gonna go? Do we have that? Do we know? And, you know, and I don't want to confuse nobody and get anybody scared or nervous or paranoid over there. It's really simple. If you walk in obedience and strip yourself down from everything that's been, that you've been in bondage and leave it alone and pray and come before God and repent with your heart, not with your lips. Mark 7, 16 says, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts is far from me. When we're done playing games with God, and let God cut the edges off of us, then you will know that you will know that your name is written in the book of life to enter the kingdom of God. 
What's the most important thing for the Lord? Is to bring souls to the kingdom. And that's why the enemy comes like a flood to distract us from our weakest areas that we have to get us back into sin. For you will move forward with the things that God has for us. Even pastors. I seen a pastor in there. See, I, I didn't know the Bible. But it was so weird that I can see the words, the Bible verses. And over this coffin, I seen a coffin in this in this black tunnel. And there was demons going around the black tunnel, the, the black, the, I'm sorry, dancing around the coffin. And they were singing to Satan, hell, hell this, Satan this. They were glorifying the enemy. And there was a small hole in the center of the heart of the coffin. And, and, and every time the demons were dancing around this coffin with their swords, they kept poking the hole. Boom, boom. And you can hear a man in there screaming in agony. But remember, the man is just not laying in the coffin. The man is also burning. He's in fire. Maggots eating his flesh. I mean, especially in that coffin. I mean, no air, no, he's being, he's really being tormented. And the worst came over this coffin and said, for they have robbed me of my tithing. What I mean by that? Well, oh, if you don't get money, you're going to hell. That's not what I'm saying. People that already know God, people that already know the truth, and people that some of you, I mean, some of us say, hey, well, I ain't got no money to give today, but you sure got money to go shopping after, on Sunday after church. You sure got money to go eat. But we can't give what belongs to the Lord because you know what? It's biblical. It's not the it's not the pastors are asking you for money, money, money. Well, don't get me wrong. These days, it's a lot of people like that. But you do your part with the Bible is telling you to do what Jesus is telling you to do. Not what a man, not what a woman is telling you. You do what God is asking you required to do. What it, it's in the Bible. Give up ten percent of your paycheck or whatever earnings you have to the kingdom of God. You know, well, the church want my money. <laughs> no, 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 no. See, that's what you got it wrong. God don't want your chunk change, okay? That's chunk change to the Lord. <laughs> if you see the kingdom, ooh. See, he just wants obedience because he wants to bless you and love you to give you what belongs to you, what he promised you. You know, if we go to work, we want a paycheck, right? And if they don't give you a paycheck, I'm sure we're going to complain about that one. So you're complaining about why God don't bless us. Oh, Lord, why don't you bless me if it says in your word and this and that. You give one time out of your life and you expect God to open the windows of heaven and pour a blessing upon you. See, and we just faithfully keep giving to the Lord. But this pastor that was in hell in this coffin, he was being tormented because he was robbing God. Instead of using the finances that were coming into the church, he was buying Rolex. He bought a big house, a big car, clothes. And he himself wasn't even giving his tithings to, to the Lord. So this is what I mean as well. This was why this pastors was here, because they were robbing God of their tithing. Wow. So, <clears throat> I mean, these demons were just day and night, just poking that. That, that hole in the coffin, and, that, and that's where the center of his heart, that's what they kept poking. You could literally hear this man. The screams are still there like yesterday. Hell is still in my mind like it happened to me yesterday. And you, you mentioned that a couple of times too, day and night. Did you get a sense of time at all when you were there? No. 
You don't. You know what? I wanted out already, okay? Because it did seem like I was there for a long time already. Out of the spirit, it seems like forever. And the body is, okay, now you're back in time. You're in a time zone. See, because the atmosphere change, changes. So now when you're out of your soul, everything's so quick. Everything happens so fast, but then again, it's not as you think it's going fast. You're still like maybe five minutes in there when you thought that you was in there for three hours. You only been in there like 30 minutes or 45 minutes. Wow. So it, it is a difference. So as I seen these the, 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 this this past being tormented, I kept walking down this dirt, this dirt path. This it was real like rocks and dirt, and, and I kept walking. And then I came into these tunnels. I mean, there were like tunnels, like almost like um like caves, but there were cells, real dark black doors with bars. And something told me to go and, and go look into the bars. And I seen I seen two witches and a warlock. And there was a lady there, kind of like in her 80s. And she's sitting there rocking on a chair, just walk, rocking on a chair. And then she she looked at me, and she was her face was transforming into different different women, different women, pretty women, ugly women. I mean, she was transforming into all kind of faces. But she was being tortured. She was being burned. She was being uh, maggots eating her. And next thing you know, these demons came. These huge demons came in and op- unlocked the the. the the prison door, and they went in and they started. They, I mean, they got on her. They, they, they started tormenting her in every which way. They were having sex with this woman. They, they, they. I can see them. They cut her head right off with their sword. The lady's head is still screaming. They, they were cutting this woman in pieces, but you can still feel everything that's going on because you're already dead. So she's being tormented in, in every which way, and she's feeling everything that's going on. So then the next cell was another witch. Well, it was more of a woman that was getting, that got herself in witchcraft as well. But see, these women are the ones that, that use their beauty to manipulate men in the world. Even though this woman's been married and she's been divorced, why? Because she couldn't remain faithful. She needed men in her life. She needed men to to provide for her. She used her her beauty, her 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 her. You know, she was a beautiful woman in the earth. So she used that to manipulate men to get her way, and she abused and broke hearts. And, and you know, she did a lot of things. And she would not listen to God. And God really warned her after keep warning her and warning her, and she just refused, refused, refused because she had spirits of sex. And that was one of her main things was sex is was her, her high. It's what she loved to do. It's why she manipulated men. That's why she couldn't stop talking to men because she knew that she can get her way. So, but she was a witch also. But she just didn't really know about the witchcraft. She just got involved with things to get more fortune, which she was messing with. Um, and this woman also had a... Um, She had a, um, she had like a black, almost like a black crown over her head. It was a, a black crown. And, and what the enemy has crowned this woman was because she was one of the main servants of the enemy. 
that she did exactly what the devil wanted her to do. The queen of Jezebel, the queen of manipulating and the queen of all sex of what exactly what the enemy wanted her to do. She was serving the enemy. But there was a, there was these demons too that would go in there with her. And there was, I think it was only one demon that day that went in there. And it was a real huge demon, almost an entity. These things are so huge and strong. I mean, if you think you can run and fight them, <laughs> you're wrong. They can put their whole hand over your head and just squeeze it like a tomato. <clears throat> That's how powerful they are. And this demon will go in there and torment this lady with sex and, 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 and molest her and abuse her in every which way that her desire was on the earth. These demons were torturing this woman. And then the other, and, and so I went on to the next one. And in the next cell, I had a, a, a warlock. And this warlock was involved also. He, he knew what he was involved. It was a warlock. He had the power of Satan. He moved things with his mind. He can disappear. He can change into an animal. And uh, he had the power of the, of the enemy. He was a, 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 a bisexual. He did orgies. He did sacrifices even with children. He molested kids. I mean, everything. It's a, if, if people want to really get deep with the enemy, all these things is what the enemy brings to your attention. Okay. So, you know, as for me, what I was just getting into this stuff, I thank God that I didn't go into any more deeper into this disgusting ways of the enemy. Oh, God only allowed me to go so far to experience that. Am I, am I sure this is what you want? <laughs> Are you sure you want, you want part of the enemy? That's why he gave me this experience when he took me to hell. Because he had a plan for my life. So this warlock was just being tortured in every which way. I mean, they were shredding him in pieces, pieces, pieces. And you can see the pieces in the ground. He's shaking. And you could hear him screaming. You could hear him screaming. He was just being tortured because God warned him. He loved him. You know, um, there was also a lot of, um, you know, different kind of people, even child molesters and, and rapists and murderers and that never wanted to repent. See? And we all know that these are disgusting people, you know, but you know what? To God's eyes, he loves them. He loves them. You know, us Christians got this thing, oh, it's a witch. Oh, get away. You're not, you're my enemy, blah, blah. But we got to remember, they're also human. They they came to somewhere. They, they were raised some way, somehow, for them to turn their lives in that way, too. So instead of fighting against them, we need to start praying for them. See? Because what they're doing is that they're fasting. They're doing sacrifices to for the enemy can finally show up as the Antichrist to destroy all the Christians. See, but we're not here to hate them. We're here to pray for them because their soul is also on the way to hell. So, um, you know, our women, it's, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Another one, that a woman, a woman with, with, with a lot of fear was on the earth. She lived in fear, fear about everything, fear. She wouldn't leave in her, leave, she wouldn't even leave her house because she had so much fear in her. Well, God tried to came to her and said, You need to repent from that fear because I'm not a God of fear. You need to get delivered from that. But she wouldn't even wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen, wouldn't listen. She kept doing her thing at home, sinning, of course, because she wouldn't even allow a man in her life, but she was doing her thing. You know, um, even uh, 
disgusting ways. Even a lot of women now that they, they get broken by men. And, you know, I don't want to live with no man no more. I'm just going to be me and my five dogs and blah, blah, blah. You know, and the Lord spoke to me one day. Why do you think the majority of these women only live with animals, with dogs? See, because they're, they're doing some filthy things with animals. And that's why they don't want a man in their lives because they've been hurt by men. But that's when, that's how, the, that's how the enemy works. Because when a man and a woman gets hurt by a man or woman, the man... Right away, a spirit of hate, a hating, hating women's spirit gets on a man, and the women gets a hating man's spirit on the woman. So now the enemy has come to, okay, now I can use them to become gay or lesbians or have the ways and the way the enemy is going to bring to their attention to pleasure them in their sexual desires. So this is what the lady did. She lived with fear, and she ran from fear, and she did her thing at home that was not honoring God. So she left her house one day, she died in an accident, a car accident, and she wound up in hell. And I can see this woman running, running. I can see this demon behind her, a demon of fear, right behind her. She's in fear and she's running and she's running and she's running. And next thing you know, this big wave of fire comes real quick. And it literally just stripped her down from her flesh and, and everything. She got burned so quickly that now she has her skeleton running and she's screaming with torch, uh, uh, she's with pain because of fire and her, her skeleton was already gray and black. So then the demon chases her again, a sphere, and, and, and it repeats. It repeats over and over uh-huh. and over because people don't want to repent and they don't want to let go. Let go of what's holding you back from the enemy. It's not hard to recognize the obstacles of the enemy. God is good. His love is real. The enemy, we you know, we we will know when it's the enemy. Either when we're angry for no reason or whatever the situation is, we know that's not from God. You know. I mean, we're not perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. Hello. I'm not perfect. We all have fallen short of the glory of God. But you know what? The devil might knock you down, but he will knock you out because we keep getting back up with the sword of God and the armor of God, and we keep fighting, pressing in. That's what the Bible says. Keep fighting the good fight, for at the end, you'll get your crown of life. So I'm going to cut it right here because this is what the Holy Spirit is telling me. Just go ahead and move on. So real quick, Luke 16 speaks about, for those of you that you think there's no hell right now, Luke 16 speaks about the, the rich man and the poor man, Lazarus, when the poor man was eating the crumbs out of the table, of the rich man's table. And the rich man would just pass by and look at the poor man and never fed him, never helped him. And it just doesn't mean because the man was rich. That means regardless in the word of God, it says, when have you fed me? When have you closed me? When have you visited me? When have we done anything for God? So. This poor man died, the, the rich man died, the poor man died. Next thing you know, the rich man was in hell. And he looks up to the heavens and he sees Father Abraham. And he sees Lazarus there, the poor man. And the, the poor man looked at, he, he, he looked comfortable, he looked happy, he looked joy. He had a beautiful garment on him. And, and, and the rich man goes, Father Abraham, can you send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and touch my tongue for I am in agony in here? So why does the Bible say that about this man being burnt in there? 
So you mean that we're only believing half of the Bible, not all of it? That means that there is a hell that's open right now. See, hell is just a waiting place that people are being just a taste of torment and to judgment comes. And then the lake of fire, it's already being prepared for us to be thrown into the lake of fire where Satan is going to be thrown for a thousand years and his angels. But the lake of fire is something more greater, more higher, more, 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 more painful than just where they're at right now. That's because that's where everybody's going to be thrown into. So finally, this big door comes to me. This, I see this big door. I'm walking up this dirt hill. I don't want to see no more. I'm already fearful. I'm, I'm tired. I, 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 nothing. I, I'm done. I'm done. And that's when the Bible says God will not give you any more that you cannot handle. So this door opens. And I walk right in through that door. And it shuts behind me. Everything got quiet. I mean, the screams, the sh everything. So now I'm already, I'm in fear already. I, I didn't, I still didn't even know where I was at. And I remember this big, beautiful angel that appeared right in front of me. A big light just lit up, fire. And that was the sword he had in his hand. Big angel, big blonde hair, big blue eyes, about eight, nine feet. And he looked, wow. and I look at him, and I'm tur I turned around because I don't even know at this point what it was anymore. And he said, Mario, Mario. And I didn't want to look. He knew it. there was fear in me. I was scared. And then he went, he put his hand out, and he went, he put it right in front of me. He goes, peace. And this peace came over me. He says, look at me. And I look at him. He said, Mario. He says, do you know where you're at? I said, no. He said, if today was your day, he goes, this is where you would spend your eternal life. He goes, this is hell. And I'm like, and I'm already, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't, I didn't have no more fear, but now he had me, I'm like, no, I was saying to myself, no, no, I don't want to stay here. And he says, who's your God? I, and I looked at him and I said, I don't know. And I remember back in my day when I was in, when I was young, Ronnie and Donnie, two Christian brothers that used to drive a scoop a, a, a church bus and come and look for all the children and get them in the bus. And I remember them saying to me, "Hey, look, Jesus loves you." I literally seen that little window open, and and Donnie and Ronnie coming up to me, tell me, "Look, little brother, Jesus loves you." And the window closed. Boom. He says. Who's your God? I said, his name is Jesus. He goes, scream his name out. He goes, yell it out. And I said, Jesus. And it echoed through the tunnel. Jesus, Jesus. Next thing you know, it's like, <laughs> I opened my eyes and I came back into my body. And I, wow. I was I was trying to catch my breath. <laughs> and it was kind of, it was dark. Just right there with that couch where I, where I laid at. I mean, I was so, after that, I, was, I had a little fear because I didn't even want to move. But I know the light, the, the light switch was right next to me. And it was so hard for me to reach out just to turn that light on because I didn't know what was going to grab me. I turned that light on and I fell on my knees and I lifted my hands up to the heaven. And I said, and I remember these words, just as the brothers in the glory 
said, all you have to do is repent and ask God to forgive you. I remember that. I lifted my hands and my knees and I said, Jesus, I come to you and I ask that you forgive me for all of my sins. I'm sorry for everything. And I remember there was electricity, like electricity buzzing sound from the bottom inside my feet that came all, it traveled through my body. And I can literally feel it coming out of my head. And from that point on, I remember he delivered me. Wow. He delivered me from everything. Everything I was involved in life, everything I was involved with drugs. Wow. And from that point on, is when I started serving the Lord. And I've been serving the Lord for 23 years. And I've been, and finally God has called me about seven years ago into ministry. Wow. He closed the doors of my job and he called me to the ministry. Incredible. Well, praise God. And and, uh, and right away, it sounds like, too, there was no doubt in your mind. You knew what you had experienced. That was the real deal. Yes. Yes, it was. I mean, like I said, even the people, you know, um, what I seen, the people screaming and shouting in hell, screaming that I'm ready now to repent. Please, Jesus, get me out of here. I'm ready to repent. I'm ready to do whatever you want me to do. But seeing the Bible says that tomorrow's not promised. You repent now before it's too late, because in the word of God, it says, for I will come upon thee. You will not know what hour I will come upon thee and turn the lamp off as a blink of an eye. It's almost a squeezing. A, we step on a roach or spider. <clears throat> that spider had no idea what, what came to it. His, light, his lamp was off that quick. So that's why people, I'm just saying now, stop playing, stop eating from two tables, get right with God. Well, I'm right. Really? What are you right from? Lies? Drinking, fornicating, masturbation. What are you right from? Let's start walking right with God in obedience. And let God strip you down from all these. Stop letting the enemy push you and attack you. If you're having trouble with pornography, people, throw your computer out. Throw your phone out. If you love God that much and you don't want to go to hell, then throw all these things, that obstacles that the enemy has put in front of you that continue to make you fall into sin. Throw it out if that's your weak, if that's your weakness. Get right with God, and then you can go ahead and rebuy one and get another one. But this time you can fill your computer up with nothing but the Word of God and use it for, for, for ministry, use it for Bible verses instead of all that trash that you're putting in there. Because you already basically tagged up your computer with nothing but Satan. That you're already dedicated to the enemy. And I just want to say something real quick. The computer and the internet and the phone, Satan recreated that. He created that because I, I at one point in a vision, the Lord showed me that we're having a meeting, Satan and his demons. I was in prayer. And when I mean prayer and fasting, I'm not going to say this because I fast more than you. Or I pray more than you. But when I fast for 40 days, only water, and get on your face for eight hours in prayer, this is how you receive the power of God and his authority and the anointing and the fire. And this is how God will come and show you more revelation. He'll speak to you more clearly. And this is when the Lord showed me this meeting that these demons and devils were having. And that was before the internet. And computers were already out, but it got more exposed into, into the hands of kids, like cell phones. And the meeting was that the, the enemy was saying, we are going to create the website. We're going to create computers and cell phones because this is the only way we're going to distract the Christians from the presence of the Lord. 
because the enemy created the, the, the computer and the website. Because if you look at the www.com, www in Hebrew stands waka, waka, waka. And the translation in English of that is 666. Wow. Wow. So this is why he created it, to distract us. Because some of us don't even get up and pray no more like we, we, we should. We First thing we do is pick up the phone. And we start looking to see how many hits we got on Facebook or who texts us and, and what's going on. Instead of talking to God, when he wakes up early in the morning, he's standing right next to you, pray at your bed, saying, my, my child is going to talk to me today. And we pick up the phone and turn our backs. And guess what? Well, we leave him with tears. I love you so much, but hopefully you talk to me. I'm going to go over here where this person's really talking to me. Wow. And that, that's really incredible that you say that because before I, I even uh, gave my life to Christ, I remember because um, I used to, you know, be into the new age and paranormal. And I and I some, some of my research showed me that a lot of the people over there in the tech world in San Francisco, a lot of them will do, you know, psychedelics or, or they'll get into deep meditation or, you know, use use uh, new age modalities to get their ideas for what it is that they're working on uh, tech, technologic tech technology wise so if they're mm -hmm. doing something with you know hardware or computers or or whatever it is software a lot of those people are getting those ideas straight from the spiritual realm and <clears throat> excuse me and i'm sure many of those people don't even necessarily know that that's where they're getting it from they think that it's just from a, a drug or something like that but the truth is that is coming from the spiritual realm and and they're being played uh by the enemy so that's just really interesting that you said that because it correlates with some of the information that i that i had already Yes, yes. And you know, and that and that's the thing about it because you know, we have to understand something too. Women and men, if you got Facebook, you you know, you have to be careful now who you accepting as a friend. Not the pages, everything that you see that looks so beautiful and so oh, that's a good pastor, that's a good woman of God. You know, that can be a really bad Jezebel spirit. That can be a, a, a pastor, a, a, a wolf in sheep clothes or a warlock and a witch. See, so when you accept and you start, oh, hey, hi, how you doing, sister? Hey, and this and that and blah, blah, blah. They talk, they start off good. Next thing you know, they start throwing messages. Oh, honey. Oh, baby. Oh, sweetheart. You're so beautiful. See, you don't need those spirits. You don't need that demon in your page. You don't need, see, because what they, how they are behind that, what those devils they carry, they're, they're being transferred into your phone and computer. That spirit is coming to you. Then you catch yourself not realize why on a Sunday I feel like I need to watch porn or I need a cigarette or I need a drink or why am I feeling so angry on a Sunday? See, because you just opened up something that you wasn't aware. So, you know, if we're called to the ministry, call up what God has called you to do. Do men's ministry, do women's ministry, but especially women, you know, do women get together as, as, as women of prayer. You guys don't even realize how much power God has given you ladies. Stop following something now. If you have a husband, ask questions to your husband if he's a godly man. You don't need to be following another man or questioning other man because you have a godly man that got brought in your life. Isn't that what you women are praying for? For a godly man to help you, to walk with you, to pray with you, to fast with you? Then why are we still looking somewhere else? See, that's what brings confusion and devils. And the devil will come and use the women more because of the weakest vessels. That's why the serpent came to Eve and not Adam, because Adam and Eve and Eve was the weakest. And that's why she pulled the apple from the tree, because it was she was so easy to manipulate. And how come it come to Adam? Because he was the head. And he knew that he would not fall for those lies. 
when Jesus said, don't touch, don't eat from that tree. So a serpent came to the women and distract her. So man, that's why we come to put the armor of God, pick up the sword, put the press plate, put the shoes, and march and pray for your family. Stop blaming your wife for everything. Let pride go down and be that head. Yes, it's my fault. I'm sorry that my family's out of control because there's no prayer in the in the house. There's no there's no Bible uh, uh, study in my house. So in other words, you're letting the enemy take over your family. And that's why the majority that's so many divorces. And that's why women start looking somewhere else because you know what? You call yourself Christian, but then again, you're not leading your home in the directions of God. Yeah. So, that, you know, back to the to the phones and all that. All I got to say is be careful what you're, what you're accepting and who you're accepting. And, 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 you know, like I said, these pages look so beautiful that after you accept it, it's some it's a whole different story now yeah absolutely and like you said the enemy he he always goes after our our weaknesses he knows our weaknesses uh so you really if if you know that about yourself i think it, it, it you really need you owe it to yourself and to god to really be more alert as, as it relates to those types of things and understand that that's where the enemy's going to attack any small crevice he can find he's going to try to exploit it especially the more that you try to you know, like Mario was saying, save souls and try to do things for the kingdom. Amen. Um, and I, and and so I want to make sure too we have an opportunity to to share with people as well. You also had the incredible experience to to uh, witness heaven, and uh, if you if you could share a little bit of that with us, that would be great because very few people have the opportunity to to either witness heaven or hell, and and you're one of the few that has seen both. So I want to make sure we get a chance to hear. Uh, the other side as well. That'll be more exciting to speak about heaven. <laughs> yeah, that would be great. You know, and 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 I'm I'm thank you for bringing that up too, because um that that is really you know um like I said every time I I get called out you know I'm an evangelist I I, I go travel the nations to to give my testimony and preach the word I always start with hell to give them something you know I'm not there to scare you but I'm there to let you know in reality that the day you die wherever you go there's no your 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 soul's not walking the earth the limboing around no you either go straight to heaven or hell so I give the hell first that way they can kind of you know suck that in and in heaven to let you know and then cool out cool it off with the water the living water of God how's that oh. I think I think it's really well done because I think like you said it's just it's not really touched on at all today unfortunately uh, so I think we we need to know that. And and like I said, too, there's so many people out there that I know that don't believe in hell or they don't believe it's eternal. Um, and so we got to go straight from what the word of God is saying. And mm -hmm. that, that goes completely against the word of God. And I've said it before, too. There's the amount of mental gymnastics you have to do to try to convince yourself. That's not what it's saying. It it, it blows my mind. The word of God is, is supposed to be simple for a reason, because God is not the enemy. He's not the author of confusion. Amen, brother. Amen. And that's true. You know, the word of God is says too. My work is easy. It's my people that makes it hard. Right. Exactly. They're trying to do it their way, not God's way. Exactly. But my ways is not your way, says the Lord. So, well, in 2004, after I got out of hell and after I repented, you know, I started walking. <coughs> I, walked, I started walking in obedience, and I was hungry for God. I, I wanted to save every soul that came to me. I wanted to talk to everybody about hell. I would even cry and Lord, Father, I want these people to go to hell. I, I want. I want to be. I want to save them. And you know, so it was a, a period of time of going through fires with the Lord, going storms with storms with the Lord. Uh, you know, fires. 
I don't know if you ever been through fires with the Lord, but man, let me tell you, when he passes you through fire, that means that he's passing your your heart to refine your heart just how they refine gold and through the pure fire that after that gold comes out to the other side, it's pure and, and shiny and beautiful. It's why the fires that God puts us through is to refine our hearts, to give us the heart of God. So when we go, when I went through these fires and I went through these uh, these trials and, and storms with the Lord, you know what? No matter what came my way, I held tight. I held tight. I prayed. I pressed in. I did not allow the enemy to do anything to distract me, to bring me back into sin. You know, the, the thoughts of cigarettes and drinking and drugs and, 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 fornica and, and, and fornication was no longer in my heart. My heart desire was, man, after seeing hell, I'm not going back. So, you know, pressing in and praying and fasting in 2004. And in 2004, <clears throat> um, I was asleep. I, I was asleep in my home. And um, I, I really don't recall the time, but I'm pretty sure it was about two. It was about two or three in the morning. I was asleep, and I know I had to go to work the next day. And next thing you know, I'm laying there, and, and I hear a voice. In my, in my, I wasn't dreaming. I just hear a voice as I was asleep. Mario. I heard, Mario. So now I got my attention. I'm kind of moving. Mario. And I open one eye, and I see a big, bright light in the corner of my room. And then he said, a spiritual name, my spiritual name. He called me Ocesimo. He said, Ocesimo, and that woke me up. Well, in the Bible, it means well-servant of God. So when that when he gave me that spirit, when he called me by my spiritual name, it literally just woke me up. And I seen this, the same angel that appeared to me in hell. It was that beautiful angel standing there in the corner. And he was with this big smile. And he said, Mario. And I looked at him and such amazing peace and love came over me. He goes, Mario. He says, you have an appointment with God. He says, you have been sent by God. He says, come with me. And I look back and I'm like, um, and next thing you know, I feel like a lot of wind under me like a mighty rushing wind, like in the Bible speaks of the day of the Pentecostal, that mighty rushing wind came out of nowhere. And they started speaking in unknown language. This wind just rose up from the bottom. And next thing you know, it was like, I catch myself going up to the heavens. I'm going up and the angel's right next to me. And I'm going up and I can see down, I can look down and I can see my home and I can see my family asleep. And I'm starting to worry, my kids. And a voice said, fear not. They're in the palm of my hands. And I got peace. Next thing you know, I catch myself on the clouds. I'm standing like, I guess I was assuming I was in the top of the clouds because all I can see is clouds. And there was this one cloud in front of me. And, it, and then it just started, it kind of evaporated. And there was this young lady I say angels because when we die, we go out of heaven and we got garments. I never seen angels with wings, but the only one, the only angels that it, that, that say they have wings in their form are the ones that speak in Revelation on the third heavens. 
But there was people that us that when we go to heaven, we get these garments. But that, this young lady that came out, she had this beautiful smile, this glow over her. I wasn't even sure where I was at. So she looks at me, she waves, she's like, and something caught my attention. The devil appears himself as a beautiful angel. And I looked again, and this overwhelming love of the Holy Spirit came over me. And I knew it was from God. So then I walked towards her. And honestly, she went ahead of me, and I didn't see her anymore. So when I followed her where she needed me to go, the clouds, everything just, they were gone. And I see these big, beautiful gates of heaven. I mean, beautiful, pure, solid gold, a gold that you will never see in this earth. And these gates are full with brimstone and diamonds and jewels and rubies. I mean, just the gates themselves were so beautiful. So I walk into these gates, and in my, my left-hand side, I see all these beautiful benches. They're like benches. Like, you know, we have benches up here, but they were made out of pearls. And there was a lot of people sitting on these benches. Excuse me. And they had white garments, almost like people that had just entered the heavens. And I see this pulpit, pearl, pearl, beautiful. And the person that was behind this pulpit was an uh, African-American man that was preaching the word to them. And I'm like, okay, well, I mean, we're in heaven already, you know? And the words that came to me was, these are the people that didn't understand the Bible and the earth. But because of my mercy and love, I still give them a chance to understand the word. So that's why they were sitting there being taught and to be to understand the word of God. That's how good and merciful God is. Wow. So I go in a little more deeper. And on my right hand, <clears throat> this huge mountain, mountain, I mean, <clears throat> solid gold, 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 as far as I can see. On my left-hand side, there was these mountains full of silver, silver, like liquid silver. I mean, I can't even explain it because I never seen it here in the earth, but it was all silver. And then in front of me, there was these, uh, um, I mean, yeah, people in garments and, and had three three angels, I guess angels, right? Uh, three people that came and greeted me. They hugged me like if they knew me. And I was so overwhelmed with their with their love. And so peaceful that the way they walked in me, like if, if I was home. And then on my left hand side, there was these beautiful rivers, pure, pure, crystal clear water, beautiful water. And there was this woman sitting right on the edge of this river, beautiful, big blonde, long blonde hair, big blue eyes, this white garment. She's sitting sideways with her hand in the water like, man, this was like, that's parasite, uh, paradise, you know. We're on a permanent vacation now. That's what, that's what came to my attention. Next thing you know, I start hearing beautiful music coming out. Music, music. I mean, people, you guys think that God is, it's quiet? Wrong. God is loud. The heavens are loud. Okay. That's why sometimes it's amazing how the churches are so man. You know, God's the king. Let's praise him. Shout. Lift up your voice. So the heavens, everybody's praising them. You can hear trumpets, people blowing the they're, they're blowing trumpets all over the place. So I'm here, I'm starting to hear this music, music, music in like the heavens. It's, I mean, you could hear the whole music in the heavens. It's so beautiful music that just, it's just bouncing wall to wall. 
And I'm like, well, where's the music coming from? And the Lord says, look to your left and look carefully. I looked and there was a lot of flowers, roses and, and flowers. And he says, look carefully. And I looked and almost he almost gave me like a 3D kind of picture. Like whoosh, it came to me. And I can see the whole flowers. Well, the flowers and the roses were praising and singing to the Lord. They're the ones that were singing. And the word of God, it says, rejoice and praise me for even everything that lives praises the Lord. Even the animals praise God for the water that he sends over the deserts. So everything that God created, everything that lives for the Lord praises the king. They praise him. So these flowers are singing and, and rejoicing. And I'm like, man, that is amazing. So I look in front of me and I see this giant, this giant playground. And I see a lot of little kids. A lot of little kids in little white garments and the little sandals. And I seen four angels standing in each of these, in this corner of this huge, beautiful playground. The playground was made with, with, with uh, chains. It had chains of uh, uh, golden chains and, and, and the bars were, were silver and their slide was made out of silver. Some of them were made out of gold and you could see jewels and rubies and the sand. I mean, I don't know, talk about pure clean sand. Have you ever heard of that? Shiny, beautiful crystal, like almost like the sand was made out of diamonds. I mean, these children were so spoiled and they're playing and having a good time. And I mean, it was it's all joy up there. And one thing that caught my attention is that I didn't remember my family. I didn't remember the earth. I didn't remember nothing, nothing where I about the earth or my family. And the Bible says that when we go home, there shall be no more tears as well, because you will have no more diseases, confusions, pain, rejection. There's no more tears, just joy. And that's why God removes our memories, because if he leaves our memories, we will be sad and broken and missing our families in heaven, just like we do here on earth. But the kingdom of God is nothing but joy now. He doesn't allow anybody to be sad or broken no more. That's how much he loves us. So this beautiful playground. And, and I'm looking and I'm like, oh, well, kids. I said to myself, kids. And the words came in my spirit. He said, he said, these are the children that parents lost. And these are the children that mothers have abortions. He says, but until then, until they come and repent with all of their hearts, they will again, the day I call them home, they have their kid. They have. A, they have a child to take care of in heaven. Wow. These these children are waiting for them, for them to come home and take care of these kids. So see, God is so merciful, and all we have to do is just repent and ask God to forgive you and don't let the enemy to keep dragging you the past. So it was so beautiful with these kids the way they were playing in that playground, and then next thing you know, I seen on my right hand side, I see a huge. A huge throne, a solid throne made out of gold. I mean, solid. But I didn't see God. It was in the middle of the, of God's, uh, the temple of God's people. But I didn't see God. I didn't see Jesus on it. But it was huge. Next thing you know, as far as I can remember, I see this huge, like, I mean, talk about when, it's, when God says in the word of God, when he told the disciples, I now have to go, and but you cannot go where I'm going, for I'm preparing a place for you. God showed me the homes, our homes. They're not houses, okay? They're mansions. They're castles. 
with all the desires of your heart that you had in here. And I know that you probably have seen the program of the uh, the the famous, the, the rich and famous, and how they have these beautiful mansions. People don't get disappointed if you don't have one here in the earth because you know what? The heavens make it, it makes the rich and famous look like nothing but chunk change. Believe me, because your house is greater than the rich and famous home that they have here in the earth. So I can see, as far as I can see, these beautiful big homes. And I can see angels coming in and out of these houses. But thing, one thing that caught my attention is that there were not, there, there, there was no doorknobs on, on the doors. They would just push the door in because there's no thieves in heaven. Everybody, it's a family. Everybody shares without saying, oh, well, I can share today and tomorrow I don't want this person to come back to my house. No, no, everything's open over there because there's no thieves. Nobody's going to take nothing because everybody has exactly how the Father loves us. He will bless everybody according to the desires of their heart. Everybody has what they want. So there's no need to steal. But huge, huge mansions. And the Lord said, these are the homes of the prophets. I was like, man, that's amazing. Thank God. And he showed me a lot of houses, beautiful homes. Next thing you know, I hear angels starting lined up. They lined up, not not back to back, but side to side, and they started blowing blowing trumpets, real loud, and everybody's screaming, "The king is coming! The king is coming!" And these angels start to bow before it, with the ones that had the, the the trumpet. They start to drop like dominoes, you know, to over the dominoes and yeah. These angels, side by side, they started dropping to the knees. Like, you know, the king is coming. Everybody. Oh, and there was, I'm sorry, let me back up a little bit. There was a lot of trees, too. A lot of beautiful trees with a lot of fruit. A lot of fruit. So now the trumpets are blowing. And the king is coming. The king is coming. And everything's getting so loud. And the music is getting louder. And everybody's praising the king. And where I was at, I looked to my right-hand side. And I see this bright light coming at me. I see somebody walking, but I couldn't really picture his face. And he's getting closer and he's getting closer. And the closer he's getting, my 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 spirit is getting weak and weak and weaker and weaker. So finally he gets close to me and I drop to my knees. And when I drop to my seat, to my knees, I can see his sandals and I can see his feet and I can see the nails in his feet. And I knew who it was. I was like, oh, man. Sorry, the Holy Spirit just get excited. No, not at all. And I'm like, dang, man, that was, that's Jesus. And then he, he, put, he, he reaches down with his hand. And I can see the nails. And I knew who it was. I could not look up. I could not look at him in the face. His love was overwhelming. The peace of love is overwhelming. The joy, I mean, I don't know, but all I know is that I was I was full with 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 the power of God and the anointing and the love and the peace and the joy. So he didn't really touch me, but I got up and I had my head down because I couldn't look at him in the face. He said, My son, he says, I called you here and I set this appointment with you because I called you to let you know that the reason I showed you hell and i showed you my heavens is because you're going i have called me and ordered me a prophet unto the nations 
And wherever I speak and put my words in your mouth and wherever I take your feet, you're going to deliver my word. And you're going to let my people know and you're going to let the lost know that there is a heaven and there is a hell. Worry not, fear not what they think of you when you speak because the rest is in the palm of my hands. He says, my son, the hour, I'm at, he goes, the hour is at hand. And let my people know that I'm already at the gate and that my angels are preparing their horses and their courage, their courages, and they're sharpening their swords because I'm getting ready to come for my people. Now go, my son, and let my people know that I'm already at the gate and that there is a heaven and a hell. And I said to myself, God, he knows our thoughts before we think them. I didn't want to come back. He says, my son, he says, your time has not yet come, but soon you'll be home with me. Now go and let my people know that I'm at the gate and let them know that there's a heaven and a hell. And with the palm in his hand, he kind of just, I went, I fell down from the heavens and I can see my body where I was asleep. And I remember hitting hard, boom, my spirit in there. I jumped out of bed. I was so excited. I was crying. I was full of love. I was like, yes, Jesus. And I'm like, no, I know what I saw. <laughs> this was not a dream. And, and you know what? One thing that caught my attention is that all, my room was dark and I'm jumping and praising. Right. And I can see a bright light. I'm like, where's the light coming from? Because I don't remember putting any night lights at night. So I went to the bathroom and I opened the door and I looked, my, I looked at myself in the mirror. My whole body was glowing. I can wow. use my hand like a flashlight. Wow. Because I have just came from the heavens. And what he did, he empowered my spirit. He he gave me a charger in my soul. And I and the love that he gave me from the heavens, that's what he allowed me to bring back to the earth. And that was for the people, for the lost, for the hungry, for the broken. And I remember praising and rejoicing. And I'm like, man, I couldn't even go to sleep no more. I think it was about five or, or six o'clock in the morning. I was so... I was so excited. I could not wait to go to my job and talk to these people about heaven because let me tell you, at my job, there was nothing but Mormons, okay? Nothing but Mormons. And am I speaking wrong about Mormons or, or religion? No, 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 no. I'm just letting you know the truth of the living God, not false teaching. So when I went to work, I'm telling you, brother, this this amazing, the prophetic gift was so, I was so, it was so high on me. It was so, it, it like it went to a different level with this, with my gift. That I can literally see people's heart, like a, like, like a doctor sees their x-rays through the machine. I can literally see their hearts. I can literally see their pain. I can see their sickness. I can see everything right through these people. And you know what? I started talking to them about Jesus and the reality and what happened to me in hell and what happened to me in the heavens. Let me tell you, before God put me out of that job, by the time I was done, every Mormon has accepted Jesus as Lord, their Savior, as the way, the truth, the word supposed to be. Wow. And they became Christian and they joined the Pentecostal church. Wow. Praise God. That's incredible. And, and, from, and from that point on, brother, the Lord, from their point on, in 2004, after I came from the heavens, God been doing so much amazing testimonies in my life and, and how people jumping out of the wheelchairs, casting out devils, healing the sick, 
and, and I go and I still go down to the minutes to, to the county jails, to the prisons. I go down to the halfway homes, men and women. Well, women, sometimes they give me a hard time because they come from broke, you know, from abusive people. So it's kind of hard to get in there. But mostly of the men, the, the halfway homes and, and I go to the county jails and the hospitals, you know, and, and I go and preach and give them the word and, and go heal and pray for people. You know, uh, and that's what we have to do. You know, you, the work is not hard. It's really easy. And the only thing we have to do is allow God to take over your heart and pull all those dark roots that the enemy has come and put in your heart, especially unforgiveness, because without forgiveness, we can't enter the kingdom of God either. So, you know, from this point on, brother, this is another book right here after where God used me with the testimonies and the beautiful thing that God has done in my life and how he has released uh, financial blessings into my life, brother. I mean, like like this one prophet spoke to me one day, my brother, I don't know what's going on with you, but it's an amazing, I see Jesus all over you, but all I know is God's telling me that you're not going to be chasing money no more, but money's going to be chasing you. That's true. Wow. That's true. Why? Because our hearts is not in the finances. It's after the souls now. So money will come from the south, north, west, and east. Even money. Money. God will use the wealth of the sinners to bless you. And I have experienced that from attorneys where I went, went to go do little side jobs here and there. Attorneys that have called me. Hey, I don't know what this is about you, but can you tell me what's going on? I give them a little real quick on this quick prophecy and this and that. Well, I'm a Catholic, but hey, well, I was just trying to pray to Jesus with my rosary this morning to the Virgin Mary. And exactly what you told me, that's what I was trying to ask the Virgin Mary. Well, the point is, my brother, the Virgin Mary didn't answer your prayer. Jesus did, but he's trying to put you in the right direction. Well, thank you for that. And they're crying, okay? Attorneys. Attorneys are hungry people for money and heart, real cold hearts. And they're, I mean, the spirit just broken down. And guess what? He wrote me a check. He wrote wow. me a check. They, they write you checks. I get checks in the mail. Boom, boom, boom. People that sometimes I don't even know. I get uh, 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 finances on my ministry. People that I don't, I don't even know. Because I'm not here to tell you, hey, so $1,000 and you're going to get a yacht in your in your yard. No, you know, I'm here to tell you your salvation and obedience is going to be. But other than that, you know, um, God used me to pray for people. And you know what? And, and it's been an amazing explosion in their lives, how God has released finances into their life. But why? Because they accepted Jesus with their heart and they're ready mm. to listen to God. Mm. Wow. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely incredible. Praise God. And, and just so thankful uh, that you, you've been able to share all this with us, your insight, and your experiences. And I want to give people an opportunity to here in a second to, to uh, see what it is that you're up to and where they can find you online and one more question before that is, you know, when people look back at, at your story and they think think about what you just said, there was one point in your life where you were given everything that you wanted physically or that, that appeased your flesh uh, pretty much on the spot by the enemy. And now you don't have that. You have a relationship with God. And even though you don't get everything exactly the way that you want it right away, there's a joy that you have now that you didn't have before. Can you explain what's the, what's the biggest difference between the old Mario that was working for the enemy and the Mario now that has a relationship with God? What's the difference there? Well, the difference in that is that, you know, um, the, the, there's no enemy from the joy from the, I mean, there's no joy from the enemy. 
you know, you're you're stuck in your brokenness and not even, you know, it don't matter how much money and how much drugs and how much the enemy can give you. That joy and that love and that peace you will never have. And for one thing, you know, uh, for me to realize now that this tough man, this tough guy that that ran in gangs and been locked up all my life, that I'm not, I, I realized I wasn't a tough guy. I was just a scared man inside of me asking for help, screaming for help. And the difference with the Lord now with the joy is the fullness that you know that when the joy of God is in you and the peace and love, that you know, you know, there's no more fear of death in you because you know that if today I'm talking to you, but I'm gone tomorrow, at least I know where I'm going and I know what the kingdom is like. That's the joy that, and even to know that our father really loves you, no matter what you're going through, it's the difference that you know, that you know that God is with you and he's aware of your pain and your tears. Wow. Incredible. Incredible. Um, want to give people an opportunity to see where they can find you. And uh, let's see here. We have your website, prophetmariomartinez.com. Can you kind of give us an understanding there what people can find when they go to that website? And again, I'll put the links in the description below wherever you're listening to this. So you can just uh, find the website and everything else there. That the prophet Mario Martinez.com is the is my website for my ministry. It's where I have all my my uh, sermons, where I have my gallery, where I have my uh, donations, where I have my um, um, my, my my story, testimony of heaven and hell, basically, and how I started with with everything with the walk with God. That's the ministry there. That's the website for the ministry. And you have your uh, YouTube as well. Uh, and if you type in Mario Martinez Heaven versus Hell testimony, you should be able to find. His new one, he has two YouTubes um, trying to get the new one to, to pop up for you. But I'll include the link to the new one as well. Yes. And that's just basically what I share. I share testimonies now. Uh, I'm basically been sharing a lot of testimonies about end times and what the Lord's been doing with us, uh, with me and my wife. And, you know, I'm sharing everything on on, on the YouTube and also on my, uh, my uh, Facebook um, ministry website. And also people, I think, have an opportunity as well if they want to get in contact with you on Facebook, Evangelist Mario Martinez. Is that right? Yes. Awesome. Well, I want to, uh, before we close out here, Mario, just thank you again for, for joining us. And uh, I have really, really enjoyed this. And I know that countless other people will as well. And wanna, I want to uh, give you an opportunity, if you could, to please close us out in prayer. I, I would really appreciate Amen. that. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, I just come today in the name of Jesus. And Father, I just lift up those that are watching this video today and those that are about to watch this video, mighty God, that you touch their hearts, mighty God, and open their hearts and their and the, the eyes of their hearts. In the name of Jesus, that I'm not here to scare anybody, but Lord Father, but your, your word came forward, that you're calling your people because you love them and you don't want them to in hell, Lord Father, but you want, you want them in your kingdom. Father, I just lift everyone today, even my brother here, Alex, and I thank him so much for welcoming you in this broadcast, almighty God. God, that Father, your hand be over him and direct him. And Holy Spirit, we love you. That you pour out the double portion of anointing over your people in the in fresh fire of the Holy Spirit. I, I pray that you guide them through the days and through the nights. And I pray that you send angels right now in your highest archangels to destroy and devour and remove every snare of the enemy. In Jesus Almighty God, we pray. Amen. Amen. Wow. Thank you so much again, Mario. I've really enjoyed this. And uh uh, really looking forward to, to seeing you continue to uh, uh, use, you know, Facebook and YouTube and, and see where, where that your ministry takes you as you continue here to help the, like you said, the people that are 
lost and, and, and looking for, for some kind of hope and, and truth. I can't wait to see where God takes you throughout this journey. So thank you so much, Mario. I really enjoyed it. And thank you so much, brother. Thank you. God bless. God bless you. Well, that's it for the show this week, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. And as always, thank you for sharing and uh, subscribing to the, to, uh, the podcast and, and for liking the video. I hope that this message uh, was as profound for you as it was for me. Absolutely incredible message. And it's just it's also just interesting to see like all the, the different overlaps that, that I know of just from listening to other people's near-death experience testimonies. Uh, people that Mario probably doesn't even know how, ma- how many connections there are with those people's testimonies uh, with Mario's, it's just so cool to see how all these, these dots connect. And, um, uh, just want to give you that opportunity too. If this is, this is the first time you're hearing all this to not let this go by the wayside. And just reminding you what Mario said, that God wants a relationship with you. He, he loves you more than any person, uh, ever could possibly love you. He loves you more than every, any person you ever met or will meet, uh, combined can love you. Um, and, uh, even though I know the things of this world can be enticing, you know, at the end of the day, we're only going to be here at the most a hundred odd years. And, uh, just, man, I, I, to, to, uh, you, you can, I don't care what it is that you offer me on this side of life. It's, it's, I don't want to miss the, just the glimpse that Mario was provided in heaven. I don't want to miss that or, or everything else that's there and being there in the love and uh, just in the presence of the being that created everything. Um, and a reminder to send in your story to spiritanswerspodcast.gmail.com, your New Asia Christianity testimony, your near-death experience, or a miracle encounter, whatever that is. We'd love to, to hear from you and to have you on the podcast. Reminder, there's an audio-only version as well. Thank you again for tuning in to the podcast. I really appreciate your support, and I will be praying for you as always. Have a great week, everybody. Take care. Bye-bye.